Hello, hey, hello. What's up? Hey, hello, students. Management here with day 5031 of this shutdown-inspired podcast, Corona Corona. That's right. It's been, or at least it feels like it's been 5031 days. I guess I'm using a different uh, method now for tracking time. It's kind of an emotional, psychological measure. Time's a myth anyway, but that's another podcast for another um, <clears throat> time. Today's broadcast, underwritten and brought to you by Attention Spans. Attention Spans, shrinking like the self-esteem of a shy kid at their first middle school dance for the past 50 years. Attention Spans, the thing that used to allow us to make more eye contact with each other than with our phones. What's up, people? I've been away for a few days. Uh, I got a lot to say, so strap in. What's happening, Room 401 student people? Coming to you from Management Headquarters Homeschool Edition Remote Learning Command Center. What is the latest? Well, yesterday, April 23rd, William Shakespeare's birthday, he would have been 456. And I imagine not looking or feeling very well. So good for him for, uh, you know, getting out while the good getting was good. You know, before he reached his 400s. I mean, the 400s, that's kind of a time of decline for most human beings. He was only 52 when he died, two years younger than I am right now, uh, and yet I'm still behind in terms of accomplishments. Accomplishments, something we're going to talk about a little bit more later in this episode. What else? My experiment in trying to fashion, I don't know if you noticed, if you've been keeping up, but I temporarily... For the last episode, which is now titled Sophia the First, I had put on um, something to the effect of make money now. I was trying an experiment to see if I (laughs) used some tacky clickbait for my podcast title that I would increase listenership. That failed. Uh, Listenership's been declining, people. I got to be honest. Um, I got a small audience out there right now, but if you stay faithful... I will stay faithful. I will continue sending these messages out to the the few of you that remain. Spread the word if you can. I do miss having an audience. As you might remember from the classroom, I do enjoy having an audience. Film of the day, not a film. Uh, It's an Amazon show that I started watching called Tales from the Loop. And it's kind of like a Black Mirror-ish-y meets Stranger Things thing going on. And, uh, you know... You know when you like a show just enough to keep watching it, but not enough so that the whole time you're watching it, you're you're pausing and getting up and doing other things and coming back and you're kind of questioning whether or not you still want to watch it, but then it's interesting enough and you keep watching it and you want to see if something happens with the plot or the character or it's visually interesting and you think, okay, I'll hang in, I'll see if this picks up, I'm not, not sure if I want to keep watching it. Uh, but you make it to the end of the episode, and it's kind of exhausting, like you've been wrestling with the show the whole time. It's kind of like that for me right now. So I will give episode two a chance. <clears throat> I like the show. It's it's good, but, you know, there's so much out there that, you know, the bar is high. So episode two, uh, I got high expectations. Otherwise, I'm going to have to cut you loose. I got other shows to watch. Uh, I will let you guys know if I continue watching. Reminder, I will continue to read from Kurt Vonnegut's Bluebeard. I know it's been super sporadic, but I hope to record chapter four today, Pinky Promise. Now, for today's deep dive, uh, many of you know that I'm a, a Beatle fanatic, 
And um, I was going down uh, this YouTube rabbit hole the other night, and I, I come across this uh, video essay on the recording of a Beatles song called She's So Heavy, which appears on Abbey Road, which is their last album together. And this is like Beatle nerd, you know, crack, basically, right? I'm just, I'm all in, right? I'm watching, they're going through like crazy minutiae about their recording sessions. Um, I learned that it also turns out to be the last song all four Beatles recorded together, ever. But what really surprised me that I didn't know was that that song, it's a great song, but it took them over 35 takes to get the song right. And even the final song was not one take. It was uh, two versions of the song kind of patched together. And uh, another friend of mine who's also a, a Beatle-obsessed person, you know, said, well, if the, it takes the Beatles 35 times to get something right, I mean, what does that mean for the rest of us? And then that made me think about uh, Malcolm Gladwell uh, um, using the Beatles in, in one of his books. You may be familiar with his 10,000-hour thesis, that it takes 10,000 hours to get really, really, really great at something. And he uses the Beatles as his prime example, theorizing that it wasn't just, you know, their talent and genius that propelled them, but it was this kind of, like, crucible of them playing five hours a night, six nights a week in Hamburg, Germany, when they they were barely out of their teens. Um, but they had this brutal performing schedule in front of these rowdy uh, red light district uh, roughneck crowds where they would have to play 30 hours a week. And uh, Gladwell implies that um, just like the Beatles, um, uh, Greatness takes this massive time commitment because by the time they returned to Liverpool from Germany, they were these seasoned, hardened performers. And we thought they just kind of came out of nowhere as these geniuses. And he says, no, 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 no. They practiced. They practiced for 10,000 hours. Now, Gladwell, we could do a whole other discussion. And aside from his kind of cutesy, folksy way of simplifying complex issues, um, like what does it take to be really great at something, um, I, I, in this case, don't completely disagree with him, but I think what I find perhaps objectionable is that there's an implication that greatness is some kind of destination. You know, in the Western world, we like to focus a lot on result more than process. And at the same time, we hold up an impossible standard of quote unquote happiness that we're also supposed to achieve. Um, and we look at that even as its own kind of accomplishment or destination. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm not the only one. Other people have pointed out that happiness is not really the right metric. Happiness is fleeting, and, you know, even accomplishments can quickly become hollow. If you think about it, any celebrity, famous person, had it all, why did they self-destruct uh, story, you've got your examples, right? What happens when you get everything you want and you're still not <clears throat> happy? Uh, it can cause madness, drug addiction, other notable self-sabotaging measures. So, and the right metric is purpose, the why, the so-called reason we get up in the morning. And most of the really useful purposes usually revolve around doing something of service. Okay, I'm back. I just had to take a quick break to dislodge a frog from my throat. There might be another one in there. I'll let you know. Anyway, so the reason we get up in the morning uh, and uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, you know, usually a really good purpose involves us doing something for others. 
And I don't mean charity. I mean, you know, that we're doing something that, that brings some value to other people, makes them laugh, makes their lives better, easier, more enjoyable, um, more understandable. And I learned this lesson the hard way when I was trying to sell screenplays in Hollywood. For more than, you know, a few years, my singular goal was to achieve the prize of selling a screenplay. Selling the screenplay. That was what I was driven by. I want to sell a screenplay for a million dollars. Now, what had gotten me in the door to begin with were some scripts I wrote for both stage and screen that I had written at the time with zero motivation to make money. I was doing it because I was part of a theater community and I was writing for actor friends, so they had something to perform. And some of those same friends of mine went on to have successful careers in TV and movies, and that's why I hate them. No, I don't hate them. Uh, but I do. I look back on that time as a really, really happy time. But that was that wasn't a time that I achieved much. It was like it was my process time. It was a time that I was just engaged in a meaningful activity, and I felt purpose. Happiness came as a part of that, as a byproduct, not as some absolute end in itself. Um, one of my favorite writers, although I disagree with him often, uh, is David Mamet, a provocative American playwright, filmmaker. And he used to talk about Hollywood, aspiring actors in Hollywood who would complain about the audition process and how the producers and casting agents don't know what they're doing and they were trying to get on some crappy TV show that they, they didn't even like and no one recognizes their talent. And um, you know, he would ask, why do you seek the approbation of those you despise, right? Why do you need the approval of people you don't respect? If you want to act, you don't have to wait for uh, getting cast in a sitcom. Just go act, form a theater company, put on scenes for seniors living in an assisted living facility, go to a street corner, put on a play, just act. No one's stopping you. And, you know, his implication was that these complaining types weren't acting out of a sense of purpose. They were chasing a phantom. They were chasing success, measured by money and notoriety and status. So here I am, years later, I'm a teacher. I still write, uh, but I'm not writing to get money anymore. So I'm kind of freed up to write in the way that I want to write. Now, that might sound like a rationalization uh, made by somebody who didn't make it. <laughs> and I guess on some level it is, but it, it kind of doesn't matter to me anymore because um, I'm happy. I'm happy uh, teaching. And I feel like I have a purpose teaching. It's a sustaining one. I like what I do. I like figuring out ways to solve all the problems that my job poses. I like being in the school environment. I like reading and writing and talking. I like, in essence, the process. I'm not teaching so that I can become teacher of the year or so that I can win an award. I'm certainly not teaching to make a million dollars because that's not going to happen. Um, I don't naturally want to get up at 4.45 a.m. and drive through traffic every night for over an hour to get home, but for me it's worth it because I have a sense of purpose. Now most of us are stuck at home right now, and my suggestion for all of you out there is that if you're lurching around right now uh, because you understandably are not feeling that great, given all the, the things that are going on, and you're looking for things to make you feel better or less lost or more connected, not just with others but with yourself, that you don't look for temporary pleasures so much. Find a project that feels meaningful to you. Um, try not to think too much about the outcome, right? It's okay to have the intention, but don't be attached to the results. See all of Buddhism uh, for reference. Uh, 
you know, just decide if the process of it, um, the path toward that outcome, toward that goal, whether it's uh, getting into a certain college or moving into a career, um, working on a relationship, whatever it is, it's one that you're deeply interested in while you're on that path. Not just because you're trying to get something out of it. That's the stuff of your life. That's that's what's happening in your life right now. Um, the goals we reach, the milestones, even once you reach them, they're like paper tigers. They're abstracted paper tigers. What's a paper tiger? It's something that seems powerful but really isn't. You get there. Maybe a better metaphor is it's a mirage because you get there and... Um, it's like the goalpost metaphor, right? Like the goalposts just move again. You, you, you reach the goal and then there's another goal and then there's another goal and then there's another goal. Um, so if you're not enjoying your path on the way to that goal, uh, you're going to be in for some real regret later down the road. So set, set a path that you want to be on and stay on it a while. We don't, you know, it doesn't always work out, but stay on one for a while that, that you're enjoying and that you find interesting and stay awake to what's happening right now, not what might happen eventually. The word eventually is, it's from Latin. It means ultimate result. And, and that's kind of boring. Don't worry about where you're going to land. Just start the damn plane. Know what I'm saying? Okay, that's my deep dive rant for today. I hope I didn't venture too far into the uh, um, cheesy motivational speaker territory. Could have felt like it at times. Um, but I, I'm earnest in what I'm saying. I, I really mean this, guys. Um, so learn from my uh, wizened uh, mistakes. That makes no sense at all. I'm babbling. Reporting from the South Bay. Still coronavirus-free. This is The Management signing off on day... It doesn't feel like 5,000 anymore. I'm going to say day 1,409. It feels like about 1,000, like 1,400 days. That's not too bad. Uh, of the shutdown, Friday, April 24th. That's it. Onward.